Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. God is good. And all the time. I, I want to just, if I can, add on to what Timothy just shared. I think it's really a cool thing that we're so committed about having people on our property, right? I mean, I still believe the local church is the hope of the world. I believe what our world needs more than anything else, more than anything else is Jesus Christ. They don't need church. They don't need religion. They need Jesus. And uh, my Bible, when it reads to me, we're, we're the key. And if we fail, then God fails. And, and I know that people go, well, God can't fail. Well, when you read the scriptures, we're it. We're, we're what God set forth. Jesus left planet Earth, gave us the Holy Spirit and said, I, I, I'm going to put it in your, your care. It'll be according to your faith. And my Bible reads this, that the problem in the world is not the unsaved, it's the saved. That's in Scripture. If my people will humble themselves and pray, if my people will turn from their wicked ways, if my people will take serious who I am, I'll heal their land. But if my people don't, well, therein lies the problem. And I, I smile when I say it because I like that pressure. Because if we live in the spirit, God is faithful. If we don't, then that just speaks volumes about who we are and who we're not. And so I love the fact that our team, our children's team is the one that set this forth, is put together 400 baskets for you and I next week to pick up and say, listen, to deliver to somebody, to set out, make that relationship and say, listen, you, you need Jesus is really what's going on, right? We, we want you to come to church. We're excited about that. And uh, I, I just can't say it enough. I also love the fact that our, our uh, um, worship team, our music ministry, our creative team uh, wants to start seeing this church used for concerts. And so we've created a network and we're now uh, in, if you will, with some uh, people in Nashville where if we choose, if this goes well, um, when Christian music bands are on tour, they'll be calling us and say, we're coming through. Can we use your facility? I, I just want, I just, but, but here's the deal. That means you got to come and you got to bring someone with you because that's how it works. But they're really working with us on that. And we just want people on our property because it's that one moment that someone's going to come and Jesus is going to show up and their life will never be the same. So we're just trying to create everything we can. This afternoon, I shared with you last week, this is a big day. Now, I don't know what you're doing. I'm sure you've got some other things that are important, but for us, uh, here in the leadership at three o'clock today, we have our first gathering, if you will, initial gathering. Um, we, we believe we know who that leader is and all of that's going to be set in place at three o'clock this afternoon and working through some stuff to launch this fall, a daycare and a preschool on this property. This city is growing. This is a young city. If you don't know this, the average age of our city is under 36. There's a lot of kids in this city. They believe in the next 17 years, this town will more than double. It'll be over 400,000 people. And if there's a need right now, it's a daycare, it's preschool. It is a huge need. Daycares are lined up with people waiting to get in. And so we're like 
we want people on our land. We want people on this, uh, in this building. And so you need to understand, this is not a celebrate uh, daycare preschool. There, that'll be set today, but there's, there's a percentage that so many celebrators can come, but we really want to reach, if you will, out into our community, right? And we really want to reach people that are unchurched or spiritually unresolved and help them understand who Jesus Christ is. So all of that's going to happen this afternoon. Then at five o'clock, um, we're having supper here. And we're not just talking about a vote. We're talking about some stuff we're going to build on. But one of the things that I'm going to do is stand up and I'm going to spend a little time helping you understand big vision. Because uh, there's no, and I'll just keep saying it. I know this sounds negative to some people, but to me it's just reality. If we're just going to play church, I don't want to be your pastor and I just assume we close our doors. That, that's just in the depth of my heart. If that offends someone in the depth of me, you need to understand, I, I'm okay with that. It's not that I don't care, I'm just okay with it. Because when I get to heaven, I'm answering to Jesus, and I happen to believe what we're doing here is a big deal. I happen to believe that my life really does have a purpose, and it matters to God, and we're accountable for everything we do. I don't think God's going to go, well done, thy good and faithful pew sitter, okay? I just don't think that's going to happen. And I know we live in a country right now that everybody dies is going to heaven. That's a false, and that's a lie, and it's not true. In fact, more people are going to hell than going to heaven, according to the words of Jesus. Jesus said, narrows the gate that leads to life and few will find it. Wide is the gate that leads to hell and many will go that way. And this is not heaven. We're, we're going to talk about that today as we're just kind of wrapping up. Because next Sunday for Palm Sunday, we're going to do something really crazy. I just like laughter. Does anybody else like laughter? I like laughter. It's why Reed and I are really close friends. I love hanging out with Reed. Because Reed just makes me smile. He, makes my, I mean, he lifts my spirits. He just puts that, keeps that joy, if you will, just percolating. I love that. And so next week, we, we've got a, a guest coming. Because we just thought it would be great on Palm Sunday since it was a day of celebration that we could just laugh. We'll, we'll just leave it at that, okay? But, but you don't want to miss it. It's also a great time to, it's always a good weekend to invite someone, isn't it? It's always a good weekend. So um, I hope that tonight at five, even if you're not a member, it's okay. We just need to know we'd love to have you come because we're really, I mean, I, I always say it, I, I, I'll be, be just full of joy one day when this place is packed at those events. So we can really talk about what it means to be the church and what, it, what, what scripture says, not what Keith Loy says, what scripture says. And I really want you to understand everything I just said to you is biblical. It's biblical. This is not my home. This is not, my home is in eternity and I want to answer for my life as I'm passing through here. I want my life to count for something so much bigger than, than just what I think. I really want my life to count and I believe you do too. I believe it's in all of us because the Bible says we're created in his image, right? So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to go to Ecclesiastes, Old Testament book, Ecclesiastes. And we're going to, we're going to look at some stuff. But it was a small Midwestern town, a small Midwestern town, and Miss Jones had had the distinction of being the oldest resident in town. So when she died, the editor of the local newspaper wanted to print a little article remembering this dear old lady, the oldest one ever lived in this town, except he was having a problem. Even though she was the oldest, he couldn't find anything about her. It was crazy. 
Not that she'd ever done anything wrong, but he couldn't find that she'd done anything really right. It's as if he couldn't find anything at all. And so he didn't know what to do, but he had a thought. So he baffled as he was, goes down to the local cafe and he meets with the funeral director only to discover he's having the same problem. What in the world are we going to do? What are we going to put on her tombstone, let alone her memorial? I mean, all I have right now is a birthday and a death date. They talked a while to no avail, but finally the editor had an idea. He decided to pass off the responsibility. So he goes back to the office and he gives the responsibility to the local sports editor. And so on the tombstone of Miss Jones, in a small Midwestern township, it reads, Here lies the bones of Nancy Jones, for her life that held no tears. She lived an old maid, she died an old maid. No hits, no runs, no errors. <laughs> now I want you to think about that for a moment, because that's really the gist of my message, believe it or not. Think about that. No hits. No runs, no errors. No hits, no runs, no errors. Is that what God will say of you? No hits, no runs, no errors. Just played it safe. I mean, right now, will there be anybody in heaven be because of you? No hits, no runs, no errors. But folks, I've sit in on many funerals. It is crazy to hear how many families talk about their loved ones. What's really crazy is how many have never connected to Christ or forever or anybody's lives being significantly changed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. No hits, no runs, no errors. I've heard it said this way, when you play, sometimes you lose, but if you never play, well, you never, you never really win. And how many people sit in the church? I just wonder, I just have to ask the question, how many of you are sitting here right now? It's, it's been church. But it hasn't been Christ. Because church won't save anyone. Only Jesus can. And if they don't know Jesus, no hits, no runs, no errors. We've been saying it over and over, but I want to take it a little bit further. But we all die. Is that right? I mean, look at someone right now and say, you die. Okay. I'm sure some of you don't even want to say it. Okay. So look at them right now and say, I won the lottery. You know what I mean? Because it seems we get more excited about earthly ventures than we do about something that really matters. But we all die and go, folks, please hear it. That's the greatest thing that happens to a Christian. That is the greatest thing. 
It's the greatest thing that happens to a follower of Jesus. There's no greater miracle than that. When you're gone from the world and you're home with daddy. Amen to that. That's really the greatest news anybody could ever have. Solomon writes it in, in Ecclesiastes 9. I, I'm, this isn't what we're going to look at. Just, just look at the screen. Look at it. It's one fate for everybody, the righteous and the wicked, good people and bad people, the nice and the nasty, the worshipers and non-worshippers. Folks, this is in the Bible. Committed and uncommitted. Everyone's lumped together in one fate. Life leads to death. You know, there's a commercial on television, maybe you saw it, that was great. Three things in life are certain, death, taxes, and cable TV rate increases. <laughs> Which we all know that's wrong, because the only thing that's for certain is cable TV rate increases. <laughs> Anybody say Midco? All right. But we all die, right? We all die. But now watch this, watch this. We all die, but the ones who get blessed are the ones who really get that. Let me say it again. We all die, but the ones who really get blessed are the ones who really get that. And that's the gist of what I want to share with you. Tim McGraw, for the younger generation, believe it or not, it's crazy we even mention that, and they're like, who's Tim McGraw? <laughs> I think I share with you, I'm teaching a class and we were talking about Michael Jordan and one of the kids like had to raise his hand and go, who's that? And so one of the kids in the class goes, it's the shoe guy. And they were like, oh yeah, all right. Oh, that was great. But that's, I mean, when you date yourself is when you talk about in class using an example of the Andy Griffith show and no one knows who you're talking about. Which I just, I just tell you, I think all the older people, the, the younger generation needs to get out more, right? Because Andy Griffith is like, they're going to be showing that in heaven, all right? But, but Tim McGraw is a country music legend, married to Faith Hill. But Tim McGraw's father was Tug. Anybody remember him? Yeah. He was hospitalized in March of 2003 with brain cancer. They didn't know that at the time when he went in, they discovered he had it. So much so it had progressed along, the doctor gave him three weeks to live. He survived nine months. In memory of his dad, Tim McGraw recorded a song in 2004. I want to read to you the lyrics. And it sets up again what I want to talk about. He said, I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me, and a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays, talking about options, and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it sank in that this might really be the end. How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what do you do? And he said, I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu, and I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. He said, someday I hope you get the chance 
to live like you were dying. There's only one problem with that song. Life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by choice. Whatever you're going through in life has nothing to do with chance. It has everything to do with choice. Whether you like this statement or not, your life is exactly where you chose it to be. It doesn't matter what was been done to you. It doesn't matter what right now you're going through. You're given the option of choice every second of every day. And before you run to the door, be very careful because nothing you've gone through will ever even remotely come close to the cross that Jesus Christ had to bear by which he chose with joy for the gift of you and I. Life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by choice. And until you're ready to die, you will never, ever be ready to live. If you want to experience life, settle your death certificate first. And that's the problem in our world. And it's to that that I want to speak. So you have your Bibles, Ecclesiastes 11. And I'm reading from... Eugene Peterson's The Message, only because the way he uses some of the phrasing, I think, just fits of what Solomon was writing. I love Ecclesiastes. I love Proverbs. If you ever want to just study the Bible, if you're sitting here right now saying, I don't even really believe there's a God. Well, let me, let me, let me encourage you. Two of the best books you can read, whether you believe in God or not, is Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, because you're going to learn a lot about life and wisdom in it. It's such incredible books. Ecclesiastes 11. It will be on the screen. Again, it might read a little different than most of your translations, but this is from the message beginning in verse 1. Be generous. I love those words. Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Can I just personalize it? Next week, pick up a basket and take it to somebody. Because that's one of the greatest acts of love you could do next week. It could change someone's life. Imagine someone being in the kingdom of God forever because someone brought him an Easter basket and invited him to church. Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high return. Don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. Here it is. This could be your last night. When the clouds are full of water, it rains. When the wind blows down a tree, it lies where it falls, unless it happens in South Dakota, because <laughs> wind blows it down, it ends up in like Houston, you know what I mean? Look what it says, don't sit there watching the wind do your own work. Don't stare at the clouds. Get on with your life. Just as you'll never understand the mystery of life forming in, the, in a pregnant woman, you'll never understand the mystery at work and all that God does 
That's one of our great problems today. We're always trying to figure out God as if you're really going to ever get him figured out. You spend more time focused on your circumstances rather than Christ might be doing something unbelievable with your circumstances. That's why the old adage, stop whining, start dining. God's doing something whether you understand or not. And when he does something, it's pretty awesome. Go to work in the morning. And stick to it until evening without watching the clock. You'll never know from moment to moment how your work will turn out in the end. Oh, how sweet the light of day. And how wonderful to live in the sunshine. Even if you live a long time, don't take a single day for granted. Take delight in each light-filled Hour. Get about living when you understand that you're dying. See, the last several weeks we've been talking about how do we posture ourselves? How do we posture ourselves for a God-sized vision? I think God wants to open up the floodgates of heaven. I think God wants to do something amazing in this church. But as I said a moment ago, the key to receiving that is for you and I to have a posture to position ourselves so God can open up the heavens and pour it in. So what does that look like? We talked several weeks ago about learning to open our eyes and see the world as Jesus sees it. When someone cuts you off in traffic, don't see it as some like person that's got issues, but see him as God, someone he died for. When you're standing in a line, don't think about how quick you gotta get out of the store. But maybe you're supposed to be in that line. It's taking longer than it needs to take because God has something for you and someone else in that line. See as God is seeing. He never ran to anything. The Savior of the world walked to everything. And almost all the time, it's almost like he had a beeper on, like he was going backward. He was so slow. Probably because he was the father of time and understood the value of it. Then last week we talked about making the choice to live with no regrets and to love with no remorse. There are two things that jump out of this passage we just read. Two things, and I want you to take out your notes and want you to write them in. Two things we better really get about life because how we get them is how we're going to live them. And the first one we've been talking about, but you'll understand in a moment because I'm going to show you something that so many people miss. And here's the first thing that jumps out in this passage, the brevity of life. Say that with me. The brevity of life. Come on, say it with me. The brevity of life. It's a quick trip, right? It's a quick trip. And yet no matter how many times that we say this, no matter how much we think we know this, it blows my mind how many people live in a perpetual state of denial. You just watch how they live. They do not believe that death is for everyone. Or if they do, they're not really being honest. Sure, they might have an attitude of like, okay, I get it, everybody dies. Just not me and not today. And that might be some of you in this room. That might be some of you in this room. We just don't understand that you did not know that you woke up this day, you will not lay in your bed again. 
But as I'm saying it, there's some of you going, wow, that could happen, just not me and not today. Because that's how we live, because we don't understand the brevity of life. See, we do not understand it. We can say it, we just don't get it. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. Solomon just said, be generous, invest in acts of charity, don't hoard your goods, be a blessing to others. Why? This could be your last night. Don't take a single day for granted. You know, there's an interesting survey that was done among college students. Here's what they asked these college students. If you could know the exact date of your death, would you want to know? 87% of these college students said no. And I just wonder if that's some of us in this room. Look at the stage. I'd give anything for God to tell me that. I'd love it if God said, here's the year, the month, and the day you're going to die. I would love to know that. And do you know why? Because it would get me out of being stuck in taking life for granted. I'd consider it the greatest gift, one of the great gifts God could ever give me. Man, God, if you'd tell me the exact year and month and day, I know for sure I'd take a lot less for granted. How I interact with people. See, I think a lot of people live with this idea. You know that old adage, what you don't know won't hurt you. But what if in the end it actually does? Like this information. How much we take for granted? How much stuff do we get caught up in? How much unforgiveness we hold on to? How often do we avoid people? Because they hurt us. But it's a good use of your time. Because we don't get the brevity of life. We just don't get the brevity of life. But can I tell you what the Bible says? This is Romans 14. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. Watch this. For each of you, each of us will give a personal account to God. See, if we really got the brevity of life that no hits, no runs, no errors would never be an option. If we understood what it meant to be a follower of Christ and that life is a quick trip, oh my goodness, we got to do something with our life. We can't just pass it off. We can't just take every moment for granted. I mean, every moment is a gift. I've shared this story before, but I just love this story. Maybe you don't remember it. But Larry Walters was one of those no hits, no runs, no errors kind of guy. You know what I'm talking about, okay? Until July 2nd, 1982. See, it was on that day that Larry turned himself into a legend. Ever since he was a boy, he dreamed of flying, but the U.S. Air Force turned him down due to his bad eyesight. <laughs> I appreciate that, okay? After he was discharged... He found himself often sitting in the backyard in a lawn chair watching the jets fly over. Then he had an idea. He went out and purchased 45 weather balloons from an RV Navy surplus store, and he tied them to his lawn chair, which he dubbed the Inspiration One. <laughs> he then filled those four-foot diameter balloons with helium. 
strapped him to his lawn chair with a lunch box, six pack of beer, <laughs> and a pellet gun. His plan was simple. He would cut the rope, float up about 30 feet into the air, enjoy a few hours over his backyard, and then come back down. But unfortunately, Larry knew very little about the laws of physics. When he cut the cord, 42 helium balloons holding 33 cubic feet of helium, he shot into the LA sky and climbed to a height of 16,000 feet. True story. He's in a lawn chair. There's actual records of flights coming into LAX and pilots looking out their window reporting in a man sitting in his lawn chair, okay, right? 14 hours later, he found the ground. And when he was asked why, why in the world would you do such a thing? You know what he said? A man can't just sit around and do nothing. I'm not encouraging you to attach yourself to a lawn chair, okay? <laughs> With some helium balloons, right? But I am saying this, if you really understood the brevity of life, you'd never want to live with no hits, no runs, no errors. If you understood salvation and the gift that God gave, you can't hold on to it to yourself. That's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Mark Batterson said this, you have to quit living as if the purpose of your life is to arrive safely at death. So like the song, I went skydiving. You see, I was told that no great thing ever comes from a comfort zone. And what I discovered is no great God thing comes that way either. I just want you to look at this picture because I'm going to come back to it in a moment because I'm going to show you something about understanding the brevity of life and maybe something you miss. But here's what I want to ask you. If the person you are right now was able to go back and talk to the person you were 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself? Here's my guess. You wouldn't tell yourself, dude, you got to watch more TV. Like, can you worry a little more? Oh, and by the way, make sure you love a lot less. What would you tell yourself if you could go back 10 years? See, that's the brevity of life. But when you get the brevity of life, here's the, here's the second key. You'll get the beauty in life. When you understand the brevity of life, all of a sudden your eyes open and you'll see the world as God sees it. See, do you know why so many things get missed in life? Because you don't get the brevity in life. Beauty only happens in the eye of the Christian when you understand that life's a quick trip. See, if you don't get brevity, you'll never see the beauty. It's only in the understanding how brief life is that you'll start taking the time for all the beautiful things that God made. Did you catch that? Solomon wrote, oh, how sweet the light of day. That's his point. Oh, how wonderful to live in the sunshine. Take delight 
in each light-filled hour. Remember our song that Tim McGraw recorded? Here's the second verse. Don't miss this. He said, I was finally the husband that most of the time I wasn't. And I became a friend, a friend would like to have. And all of a sudden going fishing wasn't such an imposition. And I went three times that year, I lost my dad. Well, I finally read the good book and I took a good, long, hard look at what I'd do if I could do it all again. I go skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I loved deeper and I spoke sweeter and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. You see, when we take time for granted, we take life for granted. When you understand the brevity of life, <laughs> now you see the beauty in life. When you live like you're dying, of which you are, you will love people the same. Remember the picture of me skydiving? <laughs> I love this picture because, see, I had the privilege of a friend of mine, Linda Haugen, who asked me if I'd like to do that, and I said I'd love to. And I say that because she's the one that made that happen. She invested in it, gave me a gift, and on her behalf right now, she'd love to give anybody else that, you know, I didn't, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so she was there that day. It was so cool to be a part of it. In the picture, the guy in the white is Jim Bruns. He's here as well. Jim and I still talk about that day, not because of the skydiving. What I get in the song is, it's not what you do in life, it's who you do it with. That's the point of the song. Because you can't skydive really by yourself. The whole cool part about it is sharing it with someone you love. And there's other pictures that I was going through. And my little Jaden, who's getting ready to be a mama, comes running up to me. She's holding my sunglasses. Evidently, you're not supposed to wear those. <laughs> but I want you to see it. This beautiful picture of getting to do with friends, to share. See, that's the whole point. The most beautiful things that God gives us are people. A child's laughter, when's the last time you really embraced it? The hug, the touch of a friend, whether it be a hand to hold or a shoulder to cry on. Spending time with someone you love, a grandparent, a parent, a friend. Hearing the dreams, their goals, skydiving with friends. See, our problem is we tend to focus on what we want to accomplish and, and or where we want to go in life. But to God, it's not about the what or the where. It's all about the who that you do life with. Remember last week when I encouraged you to take out your phone and text someone you rock? I, I say this with true just joy. 
my phone lit up. It was the coolest thing. I hope yours did too. But I want you to take your phone out again. I want you to take it out. I want you to find two or three people that you can say, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. In fact, let me, let me add one thing to that. Maybe you'll do it with the person you're sitting with next right now. How about you take a selfie? How about you lean over right now and take your phone and take a picture with people you love? I'm okay right now if there's more than two of you, hand your phone to someone else, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm serious. If your credit card's in it, when you get the phone, run, <laughs> all right? Okay, but, but I want you to maybe turn to someone and say, would you take a picture of us? But here's what we want you to do. There are two options. We want you to send us those selfies, even this week. How about you spend more time this week taking pictures of who the people you're with rather than what you're doing or where you're going? It'll be amazed how it'll slow you down. And then send us the pictures. You can send us, you can send us a DM on social media, which for me and the older people, it doesn't mean anything. Okay? We have a QR code that's on the screen. You can scan it right now. If you don't have social media, you can text your pictures to 605-357-7067. I'll say it again. 605-357-7067. I think the number will even be on the screen as well, or it is. Send it to us. Because for the next several weeks, even going to Easter, we're going to do our countdown with those pictures. We want to post them. We're going to put them on our Facebook. We're going to put them on our Instagram accounts. We're going to send them out there and let people know this is what this church is about. It's about the people you're sitting with. Because that's the thing that matters most to God. Remember last week when I talked about this? And I want to invite the team to come out. Ryan, maybe, whoever's at the piano, I just want him to come out. Remember this? Every second of the clock, every tick that's non-refundable. Have you ever thought that maybe that's the heartbeat of God? And is God reminding you every second a beat of brevity? You can't get it back. But every one of those snaps, if you'll listen closely, you'll hear what matters most to God because he gets time. He created it. And every one of those snaps are saying, I love you, Keith. I think the world of you, Keith. I'm not mad at you. I'm not disappointed in you. I adore you. You're beautiful. You're absolutely beautiful. And maybe we need to get that as well. Because when we understand the brevity of life, it's then that we actually can experience the beauty in life, all that God has. Don't you think we ought to do the same? Love deeper, speak sweeter, give forgiveness to everyone and anyone making the choice to live like you're dying. I, I want you to catch this. And I want to put a scripture as I close. This is what Jesus said, and I don't want you to miss it. I, I wish Christians could get this because of what I'm about to say. I mean this with all my heart. Most Christians, those that call themselves followers of Jesus, 
don't get this. Jesus said, this is how the world will recognize that you are my disciples. So he's talking to those who say they're followers. This is how the world's going to know that you're a follower of me. When they see the love you have for each other. Please hear this. If we fail here, we fail. You just will burn your Bible. You just will throw it away. Your scripture memory, all of your hand raising, all the stuff that you claim Christianity. If we fail here, we fail. Jesus just said, this is how the world will know. It's the only thing that matters to me. Jesus said that. This is the only thing that matters to me. The people sitting next to you, the people sitting across from you, if we fail here, we fail. The number one witness we have is not the gospel of Jesus Christ coming out of our mouth. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's in our feet and in our arms and our hands and how we love and care for each other. Talk till you're blue in the face. Americans don't get this. We love to tell people, you need Jesus and you can hate them. Oh, you just need what I got. And you can hold a grudge. It's no wonder why in the American church, the evangelical church in America is on the decline. Talk to your blue in the face. Talk to your blue in the face. I'm telling you. The Bible has no power, has nothing. According to Jesus, if we fail here, we fail. The absolute, absolute greatest witness we have is how you and I interact with each other. You know, when we hurt each other and we're just so quick to forgive. Why? Because he, he forgives. And the unsaved world will go, I want that. Because they're not getting that, right? They, they just watch these people called Christians and they're just like, man, I don't get it. They're like so kind. I mean, someone beats them up and they, they act like, it's like they don't even care. They just love. They just, they just love. And when you read the book of Acts, that's how the church grew. The unsaved, they didn't get it. They just went, I want what they got. Because it's like the safest place to be. They're the nicest people. They just care. They just, they're just amazing. Just like Jesus. We will never see the beautiful things of God if we don't understand that time is of the essence. Because when you get the brevity of life, you will always embrace the beauty. And you'll go skydiving. Rocky Mountain climbing. Who knows? Maybe next week I'll show you a picture of me bull riding. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you, now you're, now you're like Linda, like, well, I'll pay for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me pray. Father, you are so amazing. You're so good to us. God, the gift that we have, I pray right now that maybe those who are married, they'll just reach over and take each other's hand and just touch and feel that again. I'm sure many times that's what they do, but they do it right now. In just that little motion, 
It's a way of telling you, thank you. Thank you for the gift. The gift of love that we get to share. Maybe it's a parent to a child right now, but just that touch does so much. All the beautiful things that you've given us. In just a few short months, I'm going to get to hear a brand new baby cry. And that little baby's going to call me Papa. Like, wow. God, life is of the essence. It's so temporal. We don't know. Solomon's right. Each hour, each breath is but a gift. And when we really get that, all of a sudden we begin to see the world as you wanted us to see it. Beautiful, lovely, amazing. And those greatest things are sitting right now with us. God, may we not miss that today. The brevity opens up to the beauty. What a beautiful thing. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.